This is Convo by Design. And after five years doing the podcast, 200 podcast episodes plus and 150 plus videos on YouTube, this is a good time to republish some previous episodes of the show. I'm publishing these as Throwback Thursday episodes featuring guests and conversations that you have not heard in a while, like this one. This was originally published in two parts, episodes 67 and 68. It was March 23rd, 2016 when this was recorded at the Pacific Design Center for West Week. This conversation is called To Live and Design in Downtown LA. It was moderated by Carlo Cagavalli, Associate Director, uh, AIA Los Angeles. Downtown LA was changing rapidly. The world was beginning to notice. This panel included some of the very participants in this revolution. They include Aaron and Ian Bessler, Lawrence Azarad, Lauren Napala, Monica Apaskar, and Spencer Nicosi, along with A plus D Architecture and Design Museums Come In DTLA curator Danielle Rago, who engage with Carlo as they explore the DTLA influence on traditional forms of architecture, art, and design as it relates to the allure. It offers creatives in converting derelict downtown structures and the very essence of downtown LA into an exciting, immersive, live-work art space. If you like this episode of the podcast, and I hope that you do, why not subscribe to the show? It's easy, fast, and it's free. Uh, you can find the link in, uh, in the show notes, and I hope you do. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you very much. Welcome to uh, this panel discussion to live and design in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Uh, clearly, we, we, we will be talking about art, the arts, design, and uh, downtown Los Angeles. I'm joined with, by a terrific panel tonight, and I will uh, have the panelists actually introduce themselves, and we can start with Ian. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Ian Bessler. Uh, this is my partner, Aaron Bessler. We have a studio we've been running for the past two years in downtown Los Angeles, uh, it's called Bessler & Sons. Uh, it's an architecture studio, and uh, we deal primarily with software uh, and installation context for architecture. Uh, Aaron also teaches at uh, the Department of Architecture at UCLA, and I teach at USC and Art Center College of Design. Um, my name is Danielle Rago, and I'm an independent architecture and design curator. I'm currently curating the next show that's opening at the A plus D Architecture and Design Museum called Come In DTLA, opening tomorrow evening actually from 7 to 10 p.m. downtown. Um, hope you all can join us then. My name is Lawrence Azrad. I have a studio called LAD Design, which has been open since 2001, but we've been in downtown since uh, for the past two years, and we have a practice specializing in design for music, album packages, uh, cultural institutions, and educational institutions, and cause-related work. My name is Monica Pascar. I'm an architect and designer, uh, part of uh, Untitled Mondays. Our studio is, is in some ways very new. We just got our, our physical space in January, but in, we go back probably about three years. And um, it's a group of young professional women, uh, primarily in the creative field. And I also work at Commune Design. My name is Lauren Napala. I'm also part of Untitled Mondays. Uh, our collective group is just, uh, we would meet on Mondays just to have wine and talk about our artwork. And um, now that we have the space, we're starting to take on new collaborations every day. And I'm also a director at Commune Design. 
Hello, what's up? My name is Spencer Nicosi. Uh, I'm an industrial designer uh, based out of Silver Lake. Uh, there we have a storefront and a factory where we um, handcraft all of our accessories, leather goods, boxing equipment, basketball kits, um, very high-end, very well-crafted items. We've been doing that for the last seven years um, here in LA. Thank you very much. So we, before we go into the thick of the conversation, I just want to share a personal experience. I have been a wrestler in Los Angeles for the last 21 years. When I first moved here in 1995, uh, you just didn't want to go to downtown. It was off limit. There was nothing to do there. There was no real um, culture or cultural activities to be had. Although there was an art district, and in my memory, it was the real way bohemian artists, financially broken artists, basically lived. Uh, they had the, the space uh, and they had the right prices. So. A lot of change in downtown Los Angeles, as we have seen in the last decade at least. And before we even start, I wanted to ask you guys a question, because we were wondering here. We're um, starting under the assumption that you have all been to downtown Los Angeles, correct? Yes. How many of you have been in downtown, to downtown Los Angeles in the last six months, and in particular in the arts district? Yes, also. Okay. <laughs> so I would say 50% of you have, and 50% haven't. So I guess you all have your own impressions, and we would invite actually you to share your impressions at the end of, uh, of this panel by asking questions to, uh, to the panel, right? Uh, so my first question for the panel is, how is your, and I'm throwing the questions to you, so just pick on it and run with it. How is your personal experience of downtown Los Angeles? What does downtown Los Angeles do for you? Uh, what kind of inspiration it provides, if it does provide inspiration? Who wants to start? Awesome. Well, being that uh, a lot of our work is about um, connecting with humanity, we've had, um, in the form of like album packages and things like that, um, we've had our studio in, in more remote places in Los Angeles. And I'm a Los Angeles born and bred native, so, but we've been in, in the valley and Silver Lake, you know, up on the hills and nature and trees and things like that, but always kind of somewhat isolated. Mm -hmm. So being downtown um, makes us feel connected to the people that we're trying to connect with, um, with through our artwork. You know, we, we see the people on the street. We see humanity of all different kinds of uh, people walking across the street. So having that kind of visceral connection to this whole spectrum of people that you can see right out your window um, kind of is invigorating and inspiring. What about you guys? You live in downtown, right? And you practice in downtown. We do, yeah. We live uh, at 6th and Spring, and then our office is over by... Um, LA Live, we actually, uh, we have a studio in an old, uh, the Hudson Lofts, which used to be a car dealership for Hudson cars. And uh, we share an office space with a colleague of ours. And uh, I mean, it's largely about, uh, I think maybe less for us about a connected witness with people, especially because this area is kind of devoid of humanity in a way it's getting built up, but it's, it's uh, you feel very isolated on this kind of, Right on, uh, basically on the 10, where kind of the 110 and the 10 are, unless there's a convention going on. But um, for us, it's really just kind of a production space, just a raw floor where we can just get messy and kind of, you know, take a buzzsaw to things and uh, throw around steel studs and just kind of produce and fabricate. Um, yeah, I think the nice thing about downtown is that it provides those, those big spaces. But the thing that's been really inspiring for me is that I've experienced downtown almost through through projects, starting with, with grad school and then personal projects. And it's kind of like you start pulling at this thread to execute your project, and it leads you 
to one place downtown that leads you to another fabricator downtown that leads you to wanting to do 10 other projects because you realize, wow, I can make anything here. There's, there's the space, there's the fabricator, there's the people. Making so it's a, it's a universe in itself, so to speak. It is, yeah. Spencer, what about you? Yeah, like for us, uh, downtown was, we moved into the Arts District in 2010 and built our first factory. And at that time, um, that was like a big risk, you know, to have a space down there that was like 90 cents a square foot at the time was like, it was the dream, you know, we're going to move into a crappy building and make it better and create our dreams there. And so having to, the ability to do that and then everyone in our building were all these young artists and entrepreneurs. And so like all these amazing relationships that were built off of that influence a lot of you know, my work and uh, we all kind of came up together and are still coming up together. And so it's more about the, re the community too, and the relationships that are built inside that. And uh, Danielle, in regards yeah. to this exhibition that you are curating in downtown, which actually features all of your work and more, and which opens tomorrow at the plan. Yeah, so the majority of the um, participants um, are their studios and a lot of their residences are based in downtown. And it's been actually a dream to curate and organize because all of the artists are so close relatively. And um, the density of the resources and the people um, has, has been really, really great in terms of production and the museum's new location. We used to be across from LACMA. Now we've moved um, to a beautiful warehouse space in the Arts District around the block from Earth Cafe. And um, it's a great platform and a great space um, to engage with the community there and in the Arts District in particular and larger um, downtown area. And how is the museum responding to its new location? And I'm sure that there are influences, right? Oh, yeah. And reactions, one of which is this exhibition. Yeah, most definitely. Um, this show is really great because it's engaging with the people and the artists that are based in downtown, as well as our neighbors um, in, the, in the area. Hauser and Worth just opened last week around the corner. The Container Yard is a great resource across the street. A lot of graffiti artists are based there, and the space opens from time to time um, for larger exhibitions and shows. The Arts District Co-op is a couple doors down, and there's... Um, <laughs> this convergence of different spaces like A plus D that are um, enable young artists in particular to show and exhibit their work and also experiment, kind of continuing the in the same vein of the history of artistic and architectural exploration and experimentation here in LA from the 70s and 80s, I would say. So when we say downtown Los Angeles is so inspiring for artists, what does exactly that, what does it mean for you? in your own experience? For me, it's been um, the architecture, the, the density of Los Angeles. The, it, there never seems to be uh, a center for Los Angeles, but there's an evolution that has happened since its inception. And although when I first started uh, living down there about 15 years ago, there was nothing there, but there was a burgeoning secret kind of underground parties and design. And now we're starting to see, as a designer, working on buildings, working on Ace Downtown, seeing how that changes the energy, bringing people down to LA. And I find it inspiring both as it involves me, as I begin to evolve downtown as well, and find all the different secret niches that can influence my work, as well as inform new decisions. I also think that Los Angeles is very much known as a city that you experience through your car. 
And when you're traveling at 40 or, or more realistically, like 25 miles an hour, <laughs> you're, um, you're not engaged with the street and the, the world around you as the same as you are um, on foot. And, and being um, a, a native Angelino, this is especially shocking for me, but my wife and I just went down to a one-car household for the first time. In, in, ever so, so the congratulations. Idea that we, yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> you're paying to park a car, but um, it was uh, you know the idea that you you get out and you walk everywhere, uh, and downtown has all of these kind of bubbles and communities inside of all of downtown together. You you see and experience the street, the people, the city in a much more um, intimate way. Yeah, I think it's a really like idiosyncratic place to to be. Um, at, like you have the flower district and the like uh, carbon district and then you have all of these old bank buildings that are now lofts and in, like an incredible amount of construction going on and uh, Whole Foods popped up across the street from like the first Dunkin Donuts in I guess in Los Angeles I don't I don't know but it so there's a lot of strange things that like confront one another and I think if for our practice and for a lot of people that we know working downtown, there's a lot of things that sort of get in your way in a really good way. Like you, you know, you have an idea about what you might be working on and then you sort of stumble across something that, uh, I guess, you know, presents some sort of friction with uh, the sort of smooth trajectory that you might be on and it just forces projects to kind of uh, veer off in maybe not unexpected directions, but like in directions that you might not have uh, might not have pursued otherwise. So for, uh, I guess for us and for a lot of young practices, it's been incredibly productive. Like you, you just, you can't, you can't stagnate. It just doesn't, it's like a kind of area that doesn't allow you to do that. So the surroundings have a direct influence on your design and your arts in a way. Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, for me specifically, um, I've been fortunate enough to have like a lot of mentors and friends kind of in, all over LA, but to be able to take a tour of NASA and then go to the archive at the Getty Museum and then go to the Hollywood Bowl with the same group of people and, and enjoy you know, a show, I think that's kind of you know, just a small example of you know, how easy it is to kind of get stuck or get kind of like lost into different circles and find inspiration there, you know? And, um, um um, some of you live in downtown, right? You live in downtown, but and who else? You guys live in downtown. You don't, right? And what about you? I've lived in three different apartment buildings in downtown. And you still live in downtown? <laughs> no, not anymore. Okay. I'm and, in Echo Park. I'm at the Village Green. Okay, excellent. But you all work in downtown, so what's your workspace like? Right now, it's a, a bit of a uh, disaster area <laughs> for this show that's opening tomorrow, which I hope you guys will all come see. But um, it's, well, okay, we share a space and with a colleague of mine from UCLA, his name's Andrew Kovacs, and he uh, curates and maintains a website called Archive of Affinities. I'm sure some of you have been to it, uh, which is more about uh, the, a, a kind of collection of things. So half of our office is a, a living collection of stuff, of everything from around Los Angeles that, um, and, and elsewhere that might be considered architectural. Um, and, it, and it just continues to grow. And then the other side, our side of the office is um, 
like white tables from Ikea. It's more office based. So we have a kind of split between what might be a production studio and what might be considered a very sort of like typical office with computers and, and shelving and storage on one side. And then on the other side, um, something that is like constantly changing and continuing to grow and uh, that's sort of influenced by various things around us. And then just to kind of complete the, the circle for LA, we share the floor with uh, a production space. So they rent out the floor to uh, filming shoots and uh, it tends to be a lot of like exercise videos and uh, oh uh, uh, and, and kind of like small scale pilots for like ABC and CBS. And so that's kind of interesting just thinking about the kind of turnover. So they shot a McDonald's commercial across, you know, on our floor the other day. And, uh, and so there's just this constant kind of setting up and taking down and setting up and taking down and whether that's, you know, flats and sets and things like that. And I think in a way that kind of has uh, gotten itself into our subconscious, this kind of uh, necessity to build up really fast and take down mm -hmm. very fast sure. and to turn over incredibly quickly. And what about you guys? Our office, our studio space is pretty organic. Um, it pretty much changes on, on day what to day. our focus at the moment is. Yeah, it, sometimes it's completely a photography studio. Sometimes it's more of a hangout space. And right now it's also a disaster zone. <laughs> <laughs> Working on the installations, definitely. And we all have other jobs. We have, Monica and I have day jobs. We come there on the weekends, evenings. So um, it's all this free space for us to sort of walk in, see what other people are working on, maybe move things around and adjust, the, adjust it to whatever use we need. And we realized that we needed that space to grow and to really start to collaborating, not just you know, over wine in a small living room, but to actually have 1,200 square feet with beautiful light to um, figure out what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Something I find really fascinating about our space is that it's up here and there's all this commotion down here and suddenly you need a glue or a pair of scissors or something that, that requires you to walk out into the crowd and it's every time you discover something new, like depending on the time of day you walk out onto the street, it's a completely different crowd and, and vibe going on. What about you, Laura? Uh, well, we're in the uh, Eastern Columbia building at 9th and Broadway. So to be a designer in a building of such design significance by designed by Claude Bielman, it, it's kind of inspiring to, 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 even though I don't design in a 1930s Art Deco style, just to be surrounded by you know, such a design conscious structure and, and you know, with Acne Studios and, and Mikita going in down in the lobby and, and you see the people pushing dress forms on the street, like you see all this production around you. But it's also kind of fun to see like when if we have like jaded rock stars coming over to look at their album covers to take them up on the roof and see them at this like giant Art Deco clock. I mean, the wow factor. The, the wow factor, you know, people really, a lot of people always say like, oh, I've never been in here. I've always wanted to see it from the inside, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's inspiring to be in such a historically significant building and, and, and we have to protect those buildings downtown too. Sure. Spencer, what about you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm a builder and I like to see my ideas come to life. So uh, since day one, we've always had a space that was um, designed specifically for me to be able to execute whatever idea I, I come up with. So our, our space is uh, currently a store in the front that sells all the goods that we make in the back, but in the back it's like an open kitchen where we have sewing, like, heavy-duty industrial sewing machines, we have a laser cutter, we have heat presses, we have tons of hand tools, we have a team of like the most amazing 
um, and talented craftsmen that I've been able to meet and build relationships with, building products um, from start to finish. You know, it's a leather factory. And in that factory, we're able to kind of dream a little bit and come up with a lot of blue sky ideas and test and experiment. But at the same time, we're, you know, day to day, every single day, building product that's being sold all over the world um, at a very high level. So that's, for me, the, you know, a lot of natural light, uh, a lot of airflow, good music, and a bunch of people who love what they do. Like, that's what... Is your place of, messy too now? Uh, actually, everyone that comes in thinks it's so clean, which is amazing, but I think it's like a, a mess. And that's a constant <laughs> challenge. It's like, how do you organize everything when you have, you know, so many different types of rolls of fabric and so many different types of leather and so many different parts and buckles and all this stuff. And so that's a huge, you know, we built every cabinet. We built every single, um, the space was empty when we went there. We, we built all of our furniture to accommodate. And so I see ways to make that better in our next move, you know? Okay. And what about the new space, the new yeah. A-plus D museum? How that, that, does it reflect, you know, the downtown experience? Yeah, I was going to say um, the space that the museum previously was at for the last five years on Wilshire was a traditional, like, white cube gallery. And this space is more industrial. It's a large warehouse with beautiful bow truss ceilings. And there's exposed brick walls, raw concrete floors. We did... Um, make eight movable, um, six movable um, walls that are eight feet by 10 foot, where we can break up the space and create different rooms within the larger exhibition space. It's about 6,000 square feet in total. We sublet a section of the museum out to a design store as of now, and then about maybe uh, 2,000 square feet are for office and conference space, and then the museum has another um, maybe 1,500 square feet for exhibition. But it's been a really great venue. This is the third show that we've put on at the new space. I organized and curated the first one as well with Sam Lubell called Shelter, Rethinking How We Live in Los Angeles. And that was our first attempt at using the space to exhibit, exhibit art. But um, it, it turned out to be really successful. And this show also is looking really great. Um, we have some artists that are pinning up on the actual hanging their, their work on the brick walls. Some prefer to use the wood wall. Um, yeah, the, um, the, panels, yes. the panels that we had made. Um, the whole space is entirely transformed. It, it changes every time you go in for a new exhibition. So the space is always in flux, um, like a lot of your spaces, it, it seems to sound. Um, and we even occupy um, the parking lot, adjacent parking lot, We'll, um, for our opening tomorrow night, actually Spencer is installing three of his basketball hoops, um, which you probably saw on the slides, on the um, facade of the building. And people will be playing throughout the course of the night because a big part of his work is this interactive um, component. Um, so it, it'll be really great. So let's trace a little history of uh, uh, the art district in particular, since we're talking about art and design. So uh, 20 years ago, only broken artists uh, used to live there and with, uh, with a lot of dreams. Then 15 years ago, a uh, whole process of renovation and restoration began. Um, it kind of culminated like five years ago or so. And now we have institutionalized galleries opening all over the place and even um, a Soho house planned basically for the arts district in the next couple of years. So what does it mean for um, downtown Los Angeles, and in particular for the arts district? Does it mean that, you know, uh, that area is losing its edge? Or how is the 
arts basically and uh, and uh, design that you guys practice going to adapt to that to this evolution to obviously the skyrocketing of prices and everything else who has ideas in regards to that i know you do <laughs> i mean my ideas are, are you know a little pessimistic but you know we moved it we moved into the arts district in 2010 when it was like pretty ghetto and um we were there for three years and at that time everyone was like buying the buildings and next to us and flipping them and rate you know the uh, rent went up like double or triple like very quickly and I'm just at that point I, I, I wanted to move out and so at that point I, I moved out of downtown into Silver Lake the edge of Silver Lake which is also a little bit kind of ghetto and up and coming um, but for me I think like as an artist designer whatever like I always I feel more comfortable on the outskirts you know as soon as you know something becomes popular um, and it becomes filled with, you know, um, name brand coffee shops and stuff like that. It's just, I want to, I want to be, I want to be away from that a little bit. I don't, I don't know why, but that's just kind of my gut instinct is to kind of be searching for what's next, you know. Um, but downtown and the Arts District, I think, is a, a great burgeoning place and there's tons of amazing restaurants and studios and galleries and people there. So. Um, I'm kind of bummed that I'm not living there, but it's nice to kind of be looking for what's next, too. And what about your experience? Um, well, it's, we, yeah, we're in an interesting situation right now where our, um, our landlord, uh, in, like, freak, very frequently decides to um, randomly well, maybe not so randomly, but has decided to give us like letters of rent increase, and we've been trying to hold hold him off uh, uh, as long as we can. But right now, our actually, it's it's sort of interesting that our um, workspace as a kind of raw space with what might seem to be no amenities is actually more per square foot than our living space, um, and so. I'm not necessarily sure what that means, but there's there just seems to be a kind of like influx of housing units, like very high end housing units around our workspace that actually are driving down living costs and driving up like like oh workspace God. costs. And so it's um, as like faculty at local universities, it's increasingly difficult to uh, find a space to work on the side to do other kinds of work besides to actually like just. Uh, like keep producing ideas to then feed back into uh, what we teach and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I think downtown, uh, the arts district and, and the surrounding area of downtown is in a kind of interesting moment. Like things are it, 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 like uh, growing at, at an incredibly high rate and, the, and the, it's changing very, very, very quickly. And so um, I guess like what this sort of uh, installation that we are doing at the A plus D is kind of in conversation with that. Like if a young office is uh, somehow uh, asked or required to um, store projects and use the storage and the sort of their archive as a kind of uh, source for new projects, how, like, how can you justify um, like storing stuff when just working space, like the, the cost for working space is increasing. So we're actually like, uh, moving our archive to the we're to outsourcing the, our yeah, storage to the A plus D to the museum. museum to put that kind of on display, um, 
anyway, I, yeah, I think it's, it's for sure like a, like a kind of hot subject with a lot of young and probably not so young practices trying to stay in downtown for various reasons. Um, so I think the next couple years will be telling. Beautiful. What about your experience? And how do you see this going, this process going? I like to think that artists, and I agree with Spencer about being on the outskirts. I was in the artist district in 2001, and then you know, Highland Park in 2005, and Silver Lake in 2006, and now in the Village Green area, which is uh, West Adams. Uh, I like being on the outskirts and seeing that change and then coming back, but also asking all the girls in our group their different perspectives. I have had a long history, 15 years downtown, whereas they, we have a couple people who've lived and grown up in Los Angeles but never went to downtown. So now that they see that things are happening, um, they're recognizing it as a place and they accepted it as a place where all of us could meet. Some of us are up north um, in La Crescenta, some are downtown, some are on the east side, some are a little west, and that became our hub to kind of meet and to see the different perspectives of how they use the space and, and how it can be inspiring and we share what downtown can be for all of us. It's new, it's old, it's uh, new people find new things that I didn't know about they didn't know the history of one building before, and now it's becoming you know, a museum and the whole uh, artist district. So there's this layer of history that we're starting to become a part of. And I find that really interesting. And Lawrence, what's your experience? It's just a super exciting time to be there. And you know, it's happening all over the city. I know that the conversation is, is mostly about downtown, but you know, I grew up right two blocks from here. You know, I remember before the Beverly Center where there were pony rides there, you know, it's the, now this, there's density happening all over Los Angeles. And um, we used to use the metaphor that the, uh, over by the Ace Hotel where we are is, is, is the Manhattan area and the Arts District is the Brooklyn area. Mm. Um, and you know, the, the, what's happened to Brooklyn has happened to the Arts District. You know, now people in New York are moving out to Queens and, and, and the Bronx, you know, so it's, it's you could just keep going out further and further and further to like, you know, Pacoima and, and, and uh, you know, east, east Azusa. But, you know, it's, that means that you just have to um, enjoy all the exciting things that are happening there right now. You know, I mean, you could either go to the Broad or you can go to the A plus D. You know, there's this like marvelous spectrum of things just happening right now. So, so being in downtown presently is, is, is just really exciting. So what's interesting is to me that Downtown hasn't fully, you know, developed completely. So there are a lot of like buildings that need to be renovated, and in the process of being renovated, a lot of, you know, as you guys, I think, I think when we met last week, you mentioned also that it's not as safe as one would like it to be. Oh yeah, uh, we had our uh, we had our office door kicked in about a month ago because somebody sells weed out of the third floor, <laughs> and they were trying to break in. They thought the safe was in our office, so they kicked down our office door. We have it so, on camera. We posted it on Instagram. So this goes against sorry, what you're saying. You are watching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes against what you're saying. You know, there's still edge, obviously, in downtown Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an edge. And there's an edge in Silver Lake, too. We had some people, like, we have some Eames chairs outside the front of our store. And I, these kids walked by, picked it up, and started walking away. And I happened to see it from my mezzanine. I ran downstairs, and I chased after them and, and got it back. And we filed a police report. But, you know, 
Like it's, it's o- only in Silver Lake with the thieves. Hey, those are Eames chairs. We gotta grab them. You know, just I don't know, like what they. Yeah, got some Nelson lamps up on Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I guess that's the risk by putting vintage Eames chairs outside your office. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that yeah. although downtown hasn't really uh, peaked completely yet, and uh, there's still a lot of construction going on, yeah. people, some people, are already thinking that downtown is over. And so they're moving to the next hot thing is going to be Boyle Heights, especially yeah. in terms of arts. And so how are we, you know, kind of like keeping up with, uh, with the pace at this point? You know, everything seems to be happening so fast and uh, new galleries are opening Boyle Heights and everybody's discussing about the process of avoiding gentrification in the, uh, on the other side of the river. Yeah, I think that's something that, um, you know, the arts district in particular has to be really careful about and the institutions that are there. Um, you know, obviously, once the area becomes institutionalized and more name brand companies and restaurants start opening up, it kind of pushes the artists out. But if um, if what happens, like in New York with Soho or Chelsea, if there's ways in which we can be more conscious about that, I, I'm not. I don't really know how, but if that's something that Los Angeles could kind of um, work out, it it could be a really um, exciting place and a a place where artists still feel welcome, and it's not like this area where they, they were kicked out, they are kicked out of, and you know their, their back's kind of turned, and they have to look elsewhere for not only studio space, but also like accommodations. Because I think in Los Angeles in particular, you really need to live and work in quite close proximity. Mm-hmm. So you know the further um, artists are being pushed out of these areas, um, the character of the neighborhoods are also gonna change. So I just want to throw a question to you guys and also to, uh, to the audience. Um, why do you think that arts, design in part, but the arts in particular, have exploded in the last 10 years? Why do you think we had uh, such a huge explosion of museums, galleries, uh, art fairs, um, at, you know, at, at international level, worldwide level? How is that? I mean, you, you are a curator, so yeah. maybe you have a... Yeah, I'm from New York City and I studied in London and I moved here about three years ago and part of the reason I moved here was because really exciting things were happening. On the one hand, on the other hand, it was in development so you really had a a chance to be part of that um, change and see it happen and there was more potential um, working not only in institutions but outside of it as well, like on the outskirts and periphery. Los Angeles, yeah, for sure, has been on, it most recently been on the radar in the international art world, and it's a destination for people. I know for the Hauser & Worth Gallery, I know people, colleagues from New York, who literally flew out for, for that opening, and with the Contemporary Art Fair and Paris Photo, which unfortunately isn't happening this year, or ever again here. <laughs> um, you know, there, there were lots of events, and still, like Paramount Ranch, um, a lot of um, really important artists are showing work and galleries are validating in a way the work that's been happening and has a history of happening here in Los Angeles here by putting on events and exhibitions of that nature. But do you think that the internet, for instance, has something to do with uh, commercializing art in a way, mm-hmm. making more popular and approachable and easy to grab? Oh, for sure. I mean, the Instagrammable moments at all these art fairs, um, Definitely, and it's something that, you know, even at A plus D and with some of the exhibitions I've curated, I mean, we're using the hashtag come in DTLA for this show, and it's also a way to collate images and data and, um, 
you know, for us from like a curatorial or a institution standpoint, it's, it's been beneficial. But for sure, and I mean, ultimately Los Angeles, the reason why a lot of you probably moved here or continue to live here is the climate and the weather and being able to see art and experience art and architecture in a beautiful setting all the time, 365 days a year is enough, I think. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. The internet definitely has lowered a lot of the gates where uh, you have Tumblr and Pinterest and you know 13 year olds can engage with you know high culture high art you know where like you know um, James Terrell is on P uh, kids Instagrams and then you have Drake in influencing that in, in his video whereas previously you know the gates were like at art schools you know and, and you would go to MoCA and it would be like almost empty and um, now for blockbuster shows at MoCA, you know, it looks like the Beatles are reuniting. The line is so long yeah. down the block. So I think it, it definitely is this kind of like, it really has um, engendered design literacy in a much more general, widespread kind of way, much sure. quicker. Yes. And I think just, uh, it's interesting to think about that, uh, I guess the ramifications of technology in terms of how it um, kind of impacts on the expectations we have for our workspaces. I think, like Spencer mentioned, uh, just, you know, the kind of, you know, maybe the more like logistical kind of issues of running an office is like one kind of just keeping the place clean and organized. And it's just uh, something we run up against is like, uh, kind of what is our office? What do we expect from our office? Like, is it a garage? Sometimes it's a garage. Sometimes it's a lab. Sometimes it's a studio. Sometimes it's an office, you know, we need to have a formal meeting uh, and the kind of, you know, the need to be able to kind of move across those uh, kind of uses. And um, and I think so much of that has to do with, you know, technology. It's like we need to be kind of a factory one day with the 3D printer running. Uh, right now for this show, we have uh, UCLA students packed up in the place, just like cutting and gluing. Uh, you know, in a couple of days, we might be filming something. We might be doing, we probably will need to document what we're doing with photographs. So we'll need to bring everything out and lay down a drop and like do some photographs. So uh, just the way technology impacts that I think is really interesting. I think the other thing, just to go back to what Lawrence was saying about um, the internet, it just, especially with YouTube, it seems like everybody can be a creator or producer today. And so with the like increase of biennials and shows, not even like high art, but like not even museums, but just like um, like the fact that like uh, curators are now producers of another kind, like that that that's its own sort of practice. Like production of content becomes something that like everybody can access on multiple different levels, and so I think um, yeah, everybody kind of has a way in, and and what I've so what I sort of think is that like uh, high art isn't so high anymore, right? Like um, you, you you don't have to like you don't have to feel like you need to have some kind of um, dis like you know disciplinary discourse around stuff in order to just like wait in line to go to the Broad or wait in line to wait in line to go to anything really. But I think the fact that there are people waiting in line to go to things, it's become a sort of social. A more of a social activity than a kind of intellectual, like, uh, I don't know, intellectual event, I guess. Well, you have both. I mean, the Gagazian Gallery will always be there. Yeah. It's great that the line at the Broad is as long as it is, um, but then it's also awesome that, like, Jay-Z is rapping about Larry right. Gagosian. Right, and if you go to, like, Regan so. Projects for an opening, it's like a, it's like a, 
it's a more of a party than really like you can't yeah. even there's so many people you can't even like see what you know openings have become i mean i guess they've for a while they've always been since like the 70s like the opening has been a social event but it seems like that social event just like perpetuates itself okay let me just ask you one last question before we open up for a few uh questions from the audience one um i'm asking a question give me just one word answer what's your favorite building in downtown los angeles um she's called senior residence Oh, downtown Los Angeles. Sorry. In Los Angeles, that's my favorite building. In downtown, can you come back to me on that? Okay. Think about it for a second. I love the Bradbury building. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I love the the theater from the East. United Artists the United Theater. United Artists Theater. I think it's spectacular. The Easter building. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that would be an easy one. I, Well, I married my wife at the Walt Disney Concert Hall, so that, that one is kind of... <laughs> is he the Bonaventure Hotel? Yes. It's mine. That was mine. Yeah. Um, I really like the Department of Water and Power building, the big black cube. Yeah. I, was, I had the Bonaventure, too. Okay. Spencer. I know there's, there's so many. Um, I just like, in the Los Angeles Athletic Club, have you been inside their yeah. like basketball court and like the pool area? And they recently re renovated that whole space too. I don't know, that's something that's kind of a little different maybe, that space I like a lot. Cool. And I want to thank uh, my great panel, Ian, Erin, Danielle, Lawrence, and Monica, and Lauren, and Spencer. Thank you very much.